Guess what, everyone? It's season two. Thank you so much for being part of the Spillet journey with me and tuning in to the Spillet podcast. Spillet is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire people, and everybody should be learning something new. Spillet is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm over on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers are able to be part of the conversation by joining in and leaving comments as part of the live streams. For more information on Spillet, to find the links for the live shows, find upcoming episodes and guests to be part of the show, or to support me by joining the official Spillet Patreon or get yourself some merch, head over to the Spillet website at www.spillit.uk. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of this little show that I like to call Spill It. Spill It is a show where I get to speak to inspirational people and share inspirational stories to connect people together, inspire others, and help people learn something new. And this episode is no different. This is episode 56, Take a Chance and Roll the Dice, my two guests. I have two guests this evening. Both of my guests are waiting patiently in the green room, ready to come out. They are Ben Campbell and Daniel Carver, and they will be joining us at 7, 10 p.m. So make sure that you stay tuned for this. Linda Proctor has said morning. Morning, Linda. Nice to see you. Emily Campbell has joined as well. Say whoop, whoop. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining. If you haven't checked out our other episodes yet, make sure that you do. And you can do by heading over to the brand new Spillet website at www.spillet.uk, where you'll be able to see all of the video episodes, the ones that go live every single week. You'll be able to play them back for the ones that you've missed. And also, if you want to listen to Spillet on the move, then you can do by heading over to the website and going over to the podcasts, which you can find over on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcast 2. Keep those comments and questions rolling in. I love it. Done, says Linda. Done to sharing. Thank you so much, Linda. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Okay. Are you ready for some announcements? It is announcements time. I absolutely love the announcements because I get to talk about future plans or just what's going on in general or anything like that. Well, basically, I have got two brand new projects coming up on Spill It. And I wanted to share, I wanted to take this time to share it, well, them, with you guys. Number one, we are getting closer close, closer, and closer to my favorite time of year. For anybody that knows me, um, they'll know that I don't, I'm not really fond of Christmas. I don't really do Christmas. Um, I've started doing Christmas a bit more, but I don't really like Christmas. There, you know, there's reasons. There's re- there's, there, are, there are obviously reasons. Um, but one of the things that I absolutely love is Halloween. Halloween is my favorite time of year. Uh, we get to, we, <laughs> there we go. Linda straight in the comments. Halloween, it is, it is Halloween, Linda. Uh, Halloween is my favorite time of year. It's my time where I get to dress up and I get to plan like Halloween parties and all of that law. And I absolutely love the season. Tis the season to get scary. <laughs> well, I have got something planned for you guys over Halloween. 
for you guys who, you know, maybe my age or older or roundabout my age or whatever, you'll probably remember a TV show called Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, I am going to be launching my very own Midnight Society where I will be inviting people to come along and read and tell their favorite scary story or just a scary story that they found they just think you know what i really want to share that it's up to you i don't care but i'm going to be creating my very own midnight society where you can come onto the spill it show and you can read your very own scary story for all of the viewers of spill it now these will be late night specials they will be pre-recorded so it won't be live but you'll be able to watch it as it broadcasts at midnight throughout october and then it will lead us to a very 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 special surprise that i've got ready for halloween night (sighs) i wish i could tell you more but i can't can't it's a secret barbara it's a secret (laughs) comments are coming in already yay for says linda and spooky as well i know i can't wait just wait till you like hear the rest of the plans as well is if you see things i post on social media you'll you'll kind of get it because i I ask for the things of people and then yeah but yeah it's all leading to a very spectacular Halloween special for this year. Now, if you remember last year for Halloween, we had, um, we, uh, we, <laughs> we had Miss Sherry Vine, the legendary drag queen from over in the US. She was on the show for a Halloween special. And I was like, I'm going to have to do something to top that because Halloween's my time of year. Um, and yeah, so I think what I've got planned this year d- definitely tops that. Just to let you know, as a bit of a hint, there is no guest for the Halloween special. <gasps> what could it be? What could it mean? I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. All of these announcements will be coming up. Oh, I can't wait to share with you. <laughs> Upcoming as well, In just before we go into the spooky season, one of the things I'm going to be doing as well. Oh, by, just before I continue with that, if you want to get involved with spooky season and you want to come on and read your own little scary story and be part of the Midnight Society, let me know. Drop me an email, marcus at spillit.uk, and you'll be able to come along and be part of the Midnight Society, read your own scary story. Let me know. Hit me up. Drop it in the comments box. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Before that, though, before we get into that, it's going to be September. And what I've got planned for September is we are going to be doing an LGBTQ plus month. So every single guest throughout September will be part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm going to be giving um, education around the LGBTQ plus community about pride, about trans rights. We've got so there's so many different guests that we've got coming on to talk about, to tell their story. And it's all going to be part of the LGBTQ plus month for Spill It which I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be so, so cool. And we may, we may have an extra special guest. I can't wait to disclose it. But we may have a very, very, very special and famous guest at the end of September as well. All happening, all happening right here in the Spill It community. And I can't wait. Well, I have talked your ears off. I've, to be fair, I've just talked about like the future of Spill It and I can't wait. <laughs> That's pretty much all I've said. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I honestly, I can't. But you know what I can't wait for specifically? Because it is that time. It is 7, 10 p.m. And my two lovely guests are waiting patiently in the back 
We're going to bring them out. However, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So normally what I would do is I would bring out my guests and then we will go straight into it straight away. However, because I've got two guests, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to give them each their own little spotlight so then they can chat away and introduce themselves. So I would love for you guys to give a nice warm welcome to my very, very first guest. Please, can we have loads of different emojis, please? Post your favorite emoji. Loads of clapping hands. If you wanted to post a unicorn, post a unicorn. There is a unicorn one, isn't there? I'm sure there's a unicorn one. Whatever, I don't care. Because my very first guest is here, and it is Mr. Ben Campbell. Hi, Ben. Hi, Marcus. How you doing? How, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm doing well. Um, thanks for Good. inviting me on the podcast. No worries. I'm so glad that you uh, that you came on the show, that you wanted to come on the show, and and you're here as well. You uh, you accepted. You're here. We're we're here together now, and yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to, for those people who are in the comments or just listening at home on the podcast or watching this back or whatever, would you like to introduce who you are, what you do? I feel like uh, I feel like Silla Black. <laughs> What's your name? Where'd you come from? Uh, <laughs> please, can you give us a little bit of an explanation of who you are, what you do, and why you're here today? Yeah, sure. So, um, so uh, you've invited us to be on here to talk about uh, D and D. Um, I got into D and D sort of about just a little bit over three years ago, um, and so uh, and I've been DMing. Uh, which DMing? I realize I've got to explain my terms because you know not everyone's uh, not everyone's familiar. So uh, DM is the dungeon master in Dungeons and Dragons, um, and it's not something sexual in any way. It is literally just like an organized kind of creative board game sort of experience. Um, and so uh, basically, as the uh, as the DM, it's it's my role to kind of facilitate people's fun and uh, and kind of create an engaging storyline and and things like that it's basically kind of like um if if everyone's kind of playing a video game you're making it as they play it so that you're kind of throwing things at them and it's a bit more of an interactive experience uh where you know uh, a lot more improvising and and uh come up with things on the fly but also some sort of some forward planning and uh, and thinking about how to sort of give people the the sort of best most fun experience you can do uh, so it's been it's been a really good uh, creative sort of outlet and um especially over like the last kind of couple of years with everything that's been going on it's been good to kind of have that creative outlet and and have that way of kind of keeping in, in touch with people and uh, and connecting with people um so yeah so um other than that i'm from uh, west cumbria uh so over on uh, whitehaven uh, is my hometown although i don't have the accent so um, you just have to <laughs> take my word on it um, and uh yeah and so moved down to preston last year uh to get married to my lovely wife emily who is in the chat uh oh, hi, emily. lots of uh heart eye emojis and stuff um <laughs> so um so she's listening along and so yeah so and it's just been a great way i think dnd has been like a good way to kind of um to kind of make new friendships and and kind of get to know people as i've moved down obviously sort of moving moving and sort of uh creating a new support network and a new kind of group of friends and uh and kind of uh and also for keeping in touch because you can do, obviously do this kind of stuff online as well kind of keeping in touch with some of the people back home and and stuff like that so it's been really useful a useful tool for me really over over the last sort of year or two 
And we're definitely going to get into that because obviously D&D is it's about bringing people together from different backgrounds as well and kind of create, essentially you are, aren't you? You're creating your own community of people and getting them yeah. uh, all involved together. So we are going to go uh, to get into that. However, we have got a second guest, haven't we? So I would like, same again, guys, plenty of emojis again for my second guest this evening. He's waiting very, very patiently. It is his time to shine now. It is Mr. Daniel Carver. Hey, what's happening, y'all? <laughs> How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, Marcus. Uh, I'm no doing great. I, I, any day I get to talk about D&D is a great day. Good. I enjoy so. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for those, hi. For Sorry. those who are at home, uh, please can you introduce yourself, who you are, where you come from, what you do, and why you're here today? Um, yeah, so hello, Internet. My name is Dan Carver, and I am living in Preston currently. And in my spare time, I play Dungeons & Dragons as a player when I can, uh, primarily at the moment as the Dungeon Master, which has been explained as the referee, storyteller, rule keeper, pe- person who makes things go boom. It's a very multi, uh, multi-varied multi role. It's a lot of fun. And um yeah, I, I I can't really add on anything other than what Ben has, has said. Really, it's it's a brilliant brilliant hobby. It's seen a massive surge in popularity, not just in COVID lockdown, but also with more and more celebrities now coming out and saying, "Actually, I also play Dungeons and Dragons." So it's now gone from this sort of representation of sort of the only thing that sort of basement nerds play to just anyone can play it, which is fantastic. More people playing D anD D is always a good thing. Definitely. So, and I suppose, like obviously, with 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 more and more celebrities, obviously the awareness is coming in from there as well. Definitely. And it kind of, it definitely, in a, in inverted commas, because obviously you you kind of hit the nail on the head there, where obviously people think of it as nerds in the basement. Yeah, um, it kind of normalizes it. Like actually, it's not like that, and it kind of brings it to the forefront of people's minds. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of TV and film that portray it as a bunch of nerds in a basement and we're oh, yeah. going to, we're definitely going to talk about that i've got a lot to say on that yeah <laughs> well, i can't wait to get into it but before we do that i have got a little game that i play with all of my guests so are you ready to play a little game with me you bet this isn't sore is it definitely not definitely not just a bit of fun it's a little bit of an icebreaker here it is ladies and gentlemen it is the time that you've been waiting for it is the five second rule That's right. It is the five-second rule. This is a game that I play with all of my guests. This is a little bit of an icebreaker, just a little bit of fun. It's the say the first thing that comes to the top of your head. Keep it clean. Don't keep it clean. It's completely up to you. There's no there's no rules in this game. Just say the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. Now I will ask you to name three somethings, and you have got five seconds to name those three somethings. It is as simple as that. Are you ready to play? Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. This is Linda's favorite game, by the way. So she uh, she can't wait. She's put not clean as well. <laughs> Linda likes the, the dirty answers. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're going to start with Ben, okay? Okay. Ben, name three 
numbers that add up to 60? Um, 20, 21, 19. There you go. Yeah. 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 I kept it simple. <laughs> yeah. Just, just in time. Just. <laughs> I, okay. I was really thrown because I thought it was going to be word association. So, like, my main was my mind was in like English mode, and I was like, "Oh, maths! Oh, I need to change change gears to maths." Yeah, I, I snuck a little maths in there. <laughs> okay, uh, number two for Ben. Name three things you do when no one is looking. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, sorry. <laughs> time up. Time up. You got zero for that one. That was bad. <laughs> and your third one is okay. name three famous bold people. Uh Patrick Stewart, um um Dwayne the Rock Johnson and um uh, uh, time's up. Your time is up. You scored a total of five. Okay. Well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> Mr. Carver, you've got five to be. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Name three things you'll find in your bedside table. Um, speakers, keyboard, and a monitor. Nice. Well done. You find a monitor in your bedside table. Well, the closest thing I've got to a bedside table is my computer table, which is near oh, my okay. bedside. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you off there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Name three famous blonde people. Oh, um, I don't know. Oh, zero for that I, one. I, no. Yeah. Just to add, I, I, just... I think the, the really hard thing with those ones is you think of a famous person and then you can't remember what their name is often like straight away and then you yeah. can't think of any other people like on the, the bold one I was like I was like Jason Statham but I couldn't remember what his name was like that split second <laughs> and I was like ah I, I, I was thinking of Sarah Michelle Gellar and then I just couldn't could say forgot. the words I, I, I completely forgot what her name was please forgive me Sarah Michelle Gellar you were amazing in Buffy <laughs> yes, she was. Yes, she was. That's that's a whole other episode that we've done two of, but <laughs> that's, that's definitely definitely another episode. But yes, I completely agree. She was amazing in Buffy, and Buffy is my favorite TV show. So we'll, uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I don't mind at all though that you didn't get one because that gives me a chance. Like, yeah. Okay. So just to put just to add the uh, the the pressure, you've got to score a full house. You've got to get three to okay, beat okay. Ben. If you get two, then you draw with Ben. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Go for it. Name three famous Susans. Uh, Susan Boyle and I don't know. Ah, you got one. Susan Sarandon. That was it. That was all that came to my mind. That's the only one that I knew. Yeah, I only knew Susan Boyle and that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Well done, Ben. Ben, you are the winner of today's five second rule. GG, well played. That's that's a a very low winning score, that is. Story of my life. <laughs> but I, I will take it. I will take it. A win's a win at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how you got there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. I'm going to ask you a very broad question here. Okay, I understand that there's going to be it's going to be a lengthy topic, but in a nutshell, or as best as you can describe it, for those people at home who want to have a little bit of education around this. What is D and D? Shall I start off with that one then? And lead you uh, yeah, into it? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. you can start off. Go for it. So D and D is Dungeons and Dragons. It is the it was the first commercially tabletop available to, tabletop role playing game created by uh, Gary Gygax, a game designer, and Dave Arneson. And it was born from miniature war gaming. 
where essentially Gary Gygax thought to himself, okay, so you've got all these games about armies going into battle, but what about the sort of like the singular heroes? What are they doing? You know, are they going on quests, etc.? And so he created Dungeons and Dragons, um, which would allow people to create a character in a fantasy world, and then they would be able to solve dilemmas, go into battle, explore, gather treasure, gather knowledge, and become legends in their own world. And the game gr- grew in popularity. It was because it, again, it was the, it was the first thing. It, it was the first of its kind. Nobody had ever sort of seen this before. Um, then you, it's now in its fifth version. Uh, first version came out in 1974, and then you've got Advanced Dungeons and Dragons in 1977. Second edition in 1989. Third edition, 2000. 2003 is version 3.5. 2008 is the fourth edition, but we don't speak about that. And 2014 is the fifth edition, which is where we're at now. And if you have a look, if you do track down some of the old books, you will see that they were very rules heavy in the 70s, very, very lengthy, very wordy, and and there was a lot of dice rolls. Now it is so simple. It's literally roll a dice, add two numbers together, boom, done. And that's what D&D is. So I have a couple of questions before Ben... Um, exp- explains his uh, version of D&D. Mm. So the two questions that I've got, the first one is uh, in relation to the dates. Did you say that the, the third one was like 1980-something? The third edition of D&D was in 2000. And then the one before that was... The one before that was the second edition, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which was 1989. So that's a huge gap between release and editions. Were they just really happy with the second edition or... What what do you think that was? My personal thoughts and my personal um, hypothesis is that essentially, AD and D it was a very at that time it was a very niche market and um, it, it went to sort of like people that were in, into those sort of things. It wasn't a, a um, it wasn't commercially accepted as it is now. Um, a lot of it had to do with the in the nineteen eighties, for example. Um, there was a moral panic about Dungeons and Dragons. It was linked, uh, falsely linked to Satanism and suicide. Oh, a lot, okay. A lot of uh, religious groups were trying to boycott D and D because they believed that it was essentially if you if you played it, you would go to hell. And to be fair, some of the, the um, iconography in there did uh, was inspired by sort of demons from other cultures, etc. But um, yeah, so I think that sort of played into it as well. Okay. Um, and then you have like the third edition came out in in two thousand. I think because it was, I think they released it in two thousand because it was the millennium, and I think it was just time for uh, an update reprint. What better time to do it? And then my second question would be that you said mm-hmm. the fourth edition was released, and we we don't talk about that now. Uh, Ben's also laughing, so I'm going to ask Ben that question. Why do we not talk about the fourth edition, Ben? The fourth edition wasn't very popular. I think the they kind of they they were obviously trying to simplify things down, but they basically just made all like a lot of the classes just much the same. It was very samey, and I think the there was like lots of there was lots of maths involved, so that like you would you would play like a a combat and you'd be like, okay, so I'm going to attack this person and I get a plus two from that guy standing over there and he's like blinded by this. And so I get a, he gets a minus three against this save. And basically it just became like a big maths game. Yeah. And people were like, would spend ages and they'd be like, have we included everything? Is there anything yeah. else we need to, can I, can I roll my dice now? Like, yeah. 
Um, it, it, so, it, yeah. yeah. It, for me, it, it essentially went backwards because D&D was created from the idea of the singular hero instead of the wargaming world. And essentially, 4th edition D&D was just a war game. Use right. war game rules. You need to have like a map, a squares map, and you'd probably have to like get rules out and everything to make sure everything was fine. Um, it was a like Ben said, it was a massive step backwards. Um, fortunately, they fixed it with the fifth edition, which is where we are at the moment. Yeah, and it's oh. brilliant. Yeah, with I mean, regards, there was, there was some good stuff in the yeah. in the fourth edition, but I think it was buried under so much other yeah. stuff. That but, it's, yeah, it's, it's was... like a good thing to go back and like mine for ideas for things, but it's not a, definitely a really a great edition in itself. It's a yeah. general consensus. With regards to uh, you know the the question, what is D and D? Is there anything that you wanted to add on to what uh, what Daniel had said, Ben? Well, I'm I'm going to say I'm glad that Daniel went first because otherwise, <laughs> like if I'd have said my thing and then he said his thing, I'd have just seen like I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, <laughs> so obviously, Dan has given like a really detailed thing. Um, I was just going to say D and D is just like a board game meets improv. And um, mm. and um, obviously, there's no like, there's not necessarily a board or anything. There can be, um, but the yeah, it's basically kind of if you enjoy board games um, and you like to kind of have a like a relaxed um, kind of um, get together with friends and uh, and stuff like that, then it's a you know it's a really good thing to get involved with, and mm. and you do build like actual memories. Like there are things that I can like picture in my mind that like bring me great joy like even like years later you're like oh i did that really and you'll talk about it with people that you played with and you'll be like oh remember when this happened remember when such and such did this and um and it's more it's not so much uh you don't really get those kind of memories necessarily from board games you might get like a oh remember him he was good at that board game it was really annoying because he always won but you don't get like <laughs> a, oh remember that one time we played this board game and this really cool thing happened you don't tend yeah. to get that as much and so it's kind of um yeah, you, you you do build build uh, um, sort of good memories with it, and uh, uh, and it's got that kind of collaborative aspect, and um, and yeah, there's there's obviously lots to to get from it, but obviously we'll touch on that on that later. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about like uh, the people involved and how it can bring communities together or bring people together to form a community, and also the effects on mental health and things like that as well. Now. Uh, just keeping on the the baseline of D and D, can you explain for those people who do not know what are the roles? Obviously, we know it's a game now. Normally, you know, if I pull out a board game, there's counters, there's dice. Um, I'll be the red character, um, or the red character, and I'll just trot along the map and all, uh, all the or the board and whatever. Um, let, let's talk about like the roles that are available within the D and D world and why it is. So it's like a board game, but not a board game. If you yeah, yeah, um, I'm happy to to start with that. Um, Go for it. I think the the two big kind of categories. Obviously, you've got like one person is the the DM or the dungeon master, um, and they have a myriad of different jobs um, in terms of. It's generally they're the um, you know they're setting up the adventure, and it might be that they've got a book that has the adventure in, and that can kind of make things a little bit simpler. Uh, but then someone's going to ask, you know, can I swing on the chandelier and and you know <laughs> dive across this chasm? And you have to be the one that goes, yes, but you need to roll something. And then <laughs> and then you go, okay, can you do an athletics check? And then in your mind, you're going, 
what what number do I want them to get to on that dice? And then you, <laughs> they roll something and you tell them whether they fell down the chasm or the chandelier collapsed or um, <clears throat> anything like that. So that that can I mean that can be really fun in itself. Um, and um, and then also you know you you're there you know to make sure people have a good time and. Um, but I, I think I wouldn't want to put people off doing it because you can start really simple and and kind of ease yourself into it and get some sort of simple nice adventures uh, with you know very few chandeliers to to swing on and um, um, and then kind of going to like the player side. Uh, the players in a way kind of have the same role. They're all players uh, and they can all do very similar things. Uh, but they do kind of break it down into like you'll have like your classes and uh, there are lots of different classes that you can be uh, and that's um uh, and class is basically just your uh what kind of character you are so so for instance in lord of the rings aragorn was obviously a very different class to uh to to gandalf and and so was you know frodo they wouldn't all do the same things that you know in equal ability um and so there's that probably is not worth explaining all of them but you can imagine sort of you've got the rogue who's there to check for traps and pick locked doors and open you know booby trap chests and um and maybe do some scouting uh and then you might have the barbarian who's there to break down doors if the if the rogue doesn't manage to pick the lock and um and you know fight on the front line and and uh and go berserk um and that that can be a very fun to play um, and then, you know, you might have the more sort of clever wizard at the back who's casting some spells that will help out. So mm-hmm. you do have the kind of different roles in the party. Um, and so I think by because you've got the different roles, you do, people can have their spotlight. It's not sort of, you don't get to the locked door and everyone goes, oh, I'll have a go. You know, it's kind of the rogues like, oh, this is my moment to shine. And hopefully they roll decent on their dice. Um, and if not, the barbarian can have a go at it. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, you've got like the different roles, and and I guess one of the roles as a dungeon master as well is just to to make sure people are getting their time to shine. To say, uh, like, it could be you're running a thing and you're like, okay, there's no locks to pick, but I'm just going to put a lock on this door, and then the rogue can do his thing. He can feel like he's really contributed, and then we can kind of like move on, and 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 people don't feel like they're sort of forgotten or in the background. That's really good, that like the fact that obviously because you are telling a story, aren't you? As the dungeon master, essentially, you are telling a story. But one of the things, obviously, that happens, like, just in life, or, like, because I I refer to, like, something like this as, like, a performance, because you said, like, obviously, improv and all that line, it's all performance-based. And you'll find that with a lot of performance-based stuff, people fight for the spotlight. And what I suppose what you're saying is, is that as the dungeon master, it's your job to make sure that every single person has their chance to shine. Every mm. single person has their spotlight. And I really like that. I, I, I find that that's it's quite inspirational, that the fact that obviously you, you are out there to shine a light on all these people and give them the, their time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mr. Carver, is there anything you would like to add? Um. Yeah, I, I think one of the beauties of Dungeons and Dragons as well is that it, it's like I say everyone gets a, ch- a, a chance to shine, but the DM, the players are as much of a storyteller as the dungeon master. In that, sometimes the players will do something that will just make the DM go, "Oh no, I did not plan for this. This is an amazing idea. I didn't think of this through." And so you're having to really quickly sort of jump on that. There's that old saying, isn't there? No, uh, um, the military saying, "No plan survives first contact with the enemy." Well, it's kind of similar to that. No plan survives first contact with the players. The players will always find a way of of really outshining out, outshining you, and it, it's brilliant to see as well. Um, 
yeah, so that's all I've got to add to that one. With regards to um, the social aspect then so obviously we've talked about like what D is the characters that are involved being, being mm. like the dungeon master and obviously having to think of improv and thinking on your feet to tell that story now let's talk about the people that you get who want to be part of this mm. uh the social aspect of it let's talk about that for a second what do you find um what do you find in people to that want to come come along to this like let's talk about the mental health side of things, the community side of things, the forming of friendship. Ben, you touched on it before where you found, you know, a, a, a new group of friends. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start, uh, Daniel, or shall I? Yeah, sure. I, I can start with this one. Um, yeah. So one of the things that has really, really helped with everyone coming into sort of like playing D&D and realizing it's a fun thing um, is that the fifth edition well two things a the fifth edition is really simple anyone can learn it and b the representation has vastly improved as well sort of touched on this when i, I mentioned about 90s in the 1980s with the moral panic and everyone was saying oh this is linked to satanism and suicide but a lot of media representation with dungeons and dragons as well roundabout i would say up until maybe the big bang theory kind of um it, it the representation was very very negative of dungeons and dragons um, it was always sort of like basement dwelling nerds who were, you know, like piles of Cheetos on one hand, miniatures on the other. And their voices were always the sort of same high pitched voice. Yeah, they will be D20 and they add this up to it. And they uh, summoned the Lich Lord. <laughs> I wish I had a good friend. And, uh, you know, it was just, it, you know, nobody's going to want to get involved with that because it's such a nasty portrayal of a great thing. And then you've got celebrities like um, Vin Diesel and Joe um, Magnelio who have come out and say, I play D&D. Yeah, Terry Crews has come out and say it. Kevin Smith, well, that's not really much of a surprise. Mike Myers, um, Will Whedon, again, no surprise. John Favreau, director. All these people have come out, these famous people, and said, actually, we, we play D&D and we get a lot of inspiration from it. So the, the representation side has vastly improved. And so you have all these people from all walks of life um, coming in and wanting to play sort of Dungeons and Dragons and want to try it out. And mostly they're just sort of saying the same question. Yeah, we've heard about it. We want to try it out and see what it's like. Um, you do get people who are very sort of socially conscious and that they're not sure, sure that maybe they're new in town or maybe they just don't know, you know, don't know anyone or they're naturally shy. They also come along and they try it out. And it's a wonderful way to meet people as well because it's something that you have to go to every week or every two weeks, every month, whatever the itinerary is for the um, episode, you know, for the, um, for the campaign. And so, you know, once a week, month or whatever, you're getting out and you're meeting these people and you're making this amazing epic story, which will have like crowning moments of awesome for each and every player. And it really helps with the social side of things as well, because even at the end of it, you're still having a chat and a laugh. And um, let's rewind slightly because obviously you talked about there was two mm. things that you mentioned. What mm. like both like very very early on, and one of them was obviously the portrayal of D and D within the media and and obviously in TV and film, and obviously those the snot faced kids and like yep. being really really geeky and like with the high pitched voices and all that lot. But then also mm. what you mentioned way back at the start of the episode yeah. was the way that D&D was demonized. Now, do you think mm. that there is a link between the two that obviously maybe perhaps that it was portrayed in a certain way to kind of force people not to do it? Or do you think it was just a case of misrepresent misrepresentation? 
That's a very good question. I think it might be a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Um, I think that it's it's just easier to make jokes out of tropes, or it used to be back in the day. I think we've sort of grown up as a society now, and we don't really pick on people for for, for laughs for laughs anymore. Um, please don't prove me wrong. Um, but yeah, um, I think. But back in the day, it, it's you know, I, I think it was just an easy way to get laughs. You know, you just portray these socially awkward. Um, basement dwellers but it wouldn't surprise me that if there was some kind of link to sort of like the the, the satanic panic i think they called it the moral panic of of the 1980s it wouldn't surprise me if there was a link i'd have to think on it more to be honest with um with regards I'm, i'll ask this one to ben so with regards to nowadays representation <laughs> so i very much wanted to start talking about D D a little bit more and find out more about it when i started watching stranger things it was in yeah. there and I was like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And it's it's very heavily, it's very heavily part of the theme um with Stranger Things and obviously D D. Now, what do you think about the representation nowadays? Um, I think, you know, it's still it's still got a little bit of that sort of connotation that it used to have. Um, I think a lot more people are playing it now, and I think the fact that the game is simpler than it's ever been um helps massively and you kind of a much lower sort of barrier for entry for people to get into it um and so uh it's definitely sort of open to to more people uh because of that the um i mean like, i i think I, I i kind of kind of wanted to play it since in i think it was community the tv show and they had like an episode where they played D and i was like that seemed really fun um, and that wasn't necessarily a perfect representation of the game but it was kind of enough that it was like actually that does sound pretty fun um, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I could, I could do that. And then uh, at the, start, the time, I just started uh, dating my uh, my now wife and found out that she played D and D. And there was something in me that was like, well, if she plays D and D, I can play D and D. She can't have a go at me for playing it because she plays it herself. And I'll uh, <laughs> and I'll, I just uh, found a group uh, within. It was very quick to find. I just like looked online and I was like found a, a local group in the area. Um, and then contacted them, and they were about to start a new campaign, and enjoyed, enjoyed, you know, invited me to start with that. Um, and then after a little while of sort of playing with people, I was like, actually, I think I could do a good, good job of that DM role. I'm gonna like, I wanna, I wanna be that. I wanna do that. Um, and so, um, and sort of, you take the, the good things that people have done and the bad things, and you go, okay, when I do it, I'm gonna do it like this. And uh, and there's just something like really fun about that continual improvement side of it of kind of like okay I can provide like a really fun experience for people and you do get the the odd knockback but you can kind of like you can learn from that and go okay next time I'll do it like this um, but going back to the, the kind of the representation side I think the representation is better I mean you see all sorts of people that the you know that want to play and there's definitely more people who want to play than there are like games for them to play at. Um, I think because sometimes people put it in their head that like being a DM is so complicated um, and it's just a case of just get started. In fact, mm -hmm. I, I would actually say if someone wants to, um, if someone really, really wants to play D&D, the best thing you can do is just watch a few videos on YouTube about how to be a DM and then invite some of your friends. And a bit you'll find, you'll, you'll invite them thinking, oh, I don't know whether they'll, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I've been really wanting to try that. 
Um, mm. And just, you know, start with something simple. Um, there's something called a one-shot, which is basically just a one-off little adventure. It's not like a, you're not telling your friends, I, I promise to run you a game every week for the next five years. Yeah. You're just saying like, okay, it's just a, a one-off game or maybe a couple of sessions. Um, and yeah, so I think the best best way to get started is just, if you're the one that's passionate about it, just, just get started and, and be the DM. Um, yeah. and you'll find it's lots and lots of fun. And then once you've done that for a little while, try and convince one of the other players to run a, a game so you can play as a player every now and then. Mm. We are gonna we are gonna talk about like how people can get involved uh, a little bit later on as well. One of the things I wanted to talk about was the effects on or the positive effects, sorry, on mental health with regards to D and D. Now, for me personally, I I feel like it, if you have social anxiety to find a group where you are kind of like-minded people you kind of want to kind of have that ex- escapism because let's be honest it's like an escape isn't it isn't it yes. from your reality and Definitely. into this fantasy world where your choices make a difference and i want to kind of touch on that because it's super important in my head kind of i imagine it to be so like performing art so i'm a, I'm a massive performer and as an when you're training as an actor you kind of put on these roles and you kind of fall straight into that role and you forget about all the stuff that's that's happening and i suppose in the world of D, that will also happen as well and i'm just wondering if you guys have got any experience in that yeah um no that that's i mean that's just right on the money it, 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 it it's about escapism um when D is really quite special because if you sort of like have a look back at all the sort of like civilizations, etc., they've got their own myths and legends, pantheons of gods, etc., heroes, villains, and you know, for example, we we've got like the myth, um, well, not the myth side; it's more of a legend, legend of the sort of King Arthur, Robin Hood, you know, Robin from the Rich, Tomb from the Poor, King Arthur, Excalibur, the Wizard Merlin, dragons. We've got you know, we've got brilliant mythology there. But you've also got sort of like ancient Greeks and um, the Viking. You know, if you sort of drag back in history, it's just an amazing story. There and what DD lets you do is it lets you become the kind of sort of legend in those sort of types of stories. You are that sort of mythological hero because you do grow in level as you get experience, you go up in character levels. The highest you can get is 20, and the higher level you are, the more fantastical powers that you may get. So, if say, for example, if you're a paladin, which is my favorite class, a holy knight. Um, the higher level that paladin becomes, the more things that they can do with their holy magic, like destroying undead. They can turn into an avatar of their god, and you know you, you are essentially the hero of this sort of mythological tale. Or you can be the villain as well. That's something that we don't we haven't touched on yet. You could also be the villain if that that strikes you. And I, I and it's just an amazing escapism that there's nothing quite like it. Ben, have you got anything to add to that? Um, so yeah, the um, yeah, it is you know good uh, escapism. It's good kind of a thing in your week that like you know if you've had a bad week and you're like okay on this day on Wednesday or whatever day you're like okay I'm going to hang out with some some friends and and also it's kind of there's going to be moments where people everyone at the table is going to give you their undivided attention and I think that can be really useful for people because I think in sort of in today's society there's there's often very few moments where you've actually got someone's mm. undivided attention where they're paying attention to you and what you say means something to them. 
Um, mm. And so, um, like, partly, obviously, as a DM, you, you know, you get that, but also, like, uh, you know, as a player, when it's your moment to shine, when when it's your turn in combat, so you kind of you do it's turn based. So when it comes to your turn, no one else can do anything. It's your turn. What do you want to do? Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, you do you do have those that you know those epic moments and um, and um, yeah, it's kind of I think that's 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 really useful to um to you know give you you know after you've had like a really epic session you you leave and you're like oh that was really good that was really good and it kind of drags you out of whatever you're you know whatever you're you know you've been going through in the week or whatever Mm. i absolutely love that for me it's so interesting it's something that i really do want to kind of i think like I kind of want to dip my toe into it a little bit and be like, oh, and then like just throw myself because I know what I'm, I know exactly what I'm like. I'll dip a toe in. I'll be like, yep, I'm diving straight in, and I'll be there and I'll, I'll be hooked. Um, but for other people who may may not be like say as adventurous as what I am, and they may have just had a bit of a thought about, or oh, maybe it's something that I could probably do. It does sound very very interesting. Where can people find more information, or how can people get involved in something like this? So, nearly every town and every city has their own community. Uh, social media is a wonderful thing with their groups. You just literally look it up. Um, Preston has its own Preston Dungeons and Dragons group, and it's really as simple as just dropping us a post and saying, "Hi, I'm new, and I want to try. You know, I want to give this a shot." you know can somebody help me and we will leap at the chance if we can help you because we want more people to be a part of this amazing wonderful world and it's as simple as that <laughs> um yeah i mean like um probably i'd just add to that like if you're if you you know if you really want to give it a go then like my advice is watch um there's a, a youtuber called matt colville um mm. and he can he's got like a video series on on running running D and it starts like really basic like super basic adventure you know the blacksmith that runs into the tavern is like goblins have kidnapped my daughter somebody help me and you know you've got to go and and find you know find mm-hmm. and you know kill some little goblins and, and whatever and and you know rescue the damsel in distress and you've got like a really basic kind of thing you can do and you can kind of progress from there and i'd just say like play it with your friends or your family or something and i mean it's a great game to there are books and stuff on playing it with kids um you know it's a it's a good thing is you know i plan once i've got kids i plan on you know running a a game for them and perhaps some of their friends or whatever and um and yeah it's kind of a good um um you know just jump in and, and get involved and there's some mm. don't feel like you need to do like something crazy to start off with i think sometimes people like spend ages like world building and they're like they're like three years in and they're like, oh no, I'm not ready for a game. I'm still I'm still building my world for them to play in. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you, that's just too far. Just like spend like a couple of hours, just go over it, work out what you're gonna yeah. do. Um and you only need to build the the rail like a few feet in front of the players. You don't need to finish the whole, you know, the whole mm. track. You just need to get you just need to have enough for next week sort of thing yeah um and so and when you do it like that i think the the players get you know they get a lot of enjoyment because they can see Mm. how you're reacting to the decisions they make rather than just like no you need to go to this dungeon stop walking away (laughs) (laughs) oh no you can't do that no (laughs) so um so yeah so yeah just just get involved and and you know if, if no one else wants to run the game run the game yourself and and then maybe one of the players will pick it up and go actually i want to have a go at this um Mm. yeah it's it's good i recommend both being a dm and being a player 
Uh, both oh, are yeah. fun for different reasons. Now, one of the things that I want to touch on as well is we've just obviously come out of lockdown. Now, obviously, D&D requires, as far as I'm aware, and I don't know what it has been um, or what it's evolved into, but D&D, for me, in my head, I've always uh, pictured it as it's people sat around a table and getting together and uh, face-to-face and all of that lot. Now, obviously, with regards to the pandemic, it meant that people couldn't meet up face-to-face because we had lockdowns. We, you know, you had to stay in your houses and Zoom suddenly massively took off and things like that. And I'm just wondering... um, did you manage to keep campaigns going? Did you manage to get involved? Like how, and if, if that is the case, how did you manage to keep these going throughout lockdown? Um, I think with me in terms of like when I've come into this hobby is like a doing a, the DM side of things. Um, the most of the games I've run have been online um, because of just because of when I've, I've done it. I do prefer in person, um, but you've got things like uh, roll20.net uh, mm. is basically a, um, you, uh, like a what's called a virtual tabletop so basically you can like upload like a map and then the players can get little tokens and they can have their character sheet inside the inside the website and basically you know they can click a button and it'll roll the dice for them and uh, and you just do kind of like over normal you know maybe over discord or something do like a, a chat and sometimes video depending on what people are comfortable with uh, mm. and so there's lots of ways to do it i'd say like it requires a little bit more prep because you have to kind of like have a map and stuff a lot of the time um, you can do it just audio, but I prefer to kind of have a, a map and things. So I end up spending a little bit more time sorting that out. Whereas in person, I can just kind of wing it and I've got some like some grid paper. I can just draw a quick boat on and be like, right, this is the boat. This is what we're on. <laughs> whereas whereas on, online, I'm spending, you know, ages like trawling through the internet, like trying to find the perfect picture to to display is what they're going to be uh, on. But mm-hmm. yeah, so there are, a lot, there are lots of ways to play online. And you can actually, if you want to play online, uh, Roll20 actually has a feature for finding games. Um, it is a little bit hit or miss. Uh, be prepared to just like have a look at a campaign and then drop out because you know it's it's just random all over the world. But you can you can even look for. So I found a game recently, and I literally just searched right. Okay, I've got these evenings free. I'm going to search for these two games on these two days that are looking for players. Uh, and then, like the following day, I was doing a session zero, which is like your first session where you mm. you decide stuff and make a character and everything. And so that's taking me like a day to to find a game and just get on. And uh, and now I'm playing with some people in America who are playing in the middle of the day, and I'm playing like late on in the evening. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, so there's lots of ways to kind of get involved, and and it is quite easy to get involved online. Yeah. Mr. Carver, what about you? How did you manage to do it all through lockdown? Was it the same thing or was it different? So I was running a campaign right up until lockdown. And then sadly that went because not everyone was able to make it online. So I found another group of players from a different campaign. I sort of joined their one. And then when the DM had to bow out, I was like, okay, I can, I've been playing with you guys for long enough. I'd, I'd like to DM a campaign with you, please. And uh, they all agreed. So I currently am running a campaign. I'm running um, the Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus, which uh, where the players basically go into the D&D version of Hell and in order to rescue a city. Um, it's, you know, we're having a lot of fun. One of the things that makes it easier for me online as well is coming from a background of media and radio. I am a massive fan of sound effects because I think that sound effects in either it's a radio show, a podcast, a YouTube video or anything, a well-timed sound effect can just change like the whole entire game. And 
it's been very easy for me because I've got all the background music on my computer. I've got the sound effects of fireballs and doors crashing as well. And I can play these online. And in some ways I do prefer it online, but you can't beat the face-to-face interaction with people as well. There's just nothing quite like it. So I'd end up in my campaigns, I'd end up being a big speaker basically and using my um, tablet as a sort of a a, a makeshift um, a mixer essentially and pushing buttons and making the sound come out. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, and, and the thing about D and D as well is you might be someone who like, actually I'd, I'd rather listen to people play first rather than play it myself, uh, which is fine. Um, the, the brilliant bit about internet media is it, it, it has introduced um, Dungeons and Dragons to like everyone on the planet essentially um and so you've got things like um matt mercer's campaign matt mercer who is like the go-to dm i in some cases uh he, he runs a um critical role on on his youtube and i think that's that's really helped a lot of people sort of go oh wow wow that's amazing they look like they're having fun i want to get involved as well you might be someone who is like do you know what i i, I don't really enjoy the social aspects of it but i'd rather write instead so you've got play by post role playing which came from the whole dnd it was essentially well what if we weren't around a table and instead we were just writing and we instead of telling the story through um actions and and the speech we're telling it in the form of prose um and that there are some niche communities on there as well so even if you're not if you're into D and you're like you know what i'm i i i i like the concept of it the idea of being the hero in the story and playing with other people but i don't like x y and z there is something out there for everyone where you can tailor make the experience to your own and there's also other um systems out there as well dungeons and dragons was the first but it's not the only one um if if you're like you know what i'm, I'm more of an interview with a vampire person and instead of lord of the rings great vampire the masquerade like it, 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 it helped bring vampires, make vampires cool again, and, and Rice sort of helped out as well. Um, if you're like, you know what, I, 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 I like post-apocalyptic stuff. Great, there's um, some stuff there as well. There's, there's something for everyone. So I love that. It, it, it's brilliant. I absolutely love that. With another question that I've got for, and this goes to both of you. So, uh, just, to, just to kind of talk about a little bit of an experience that you've both had. Can you describe? Um, or talk about, sorry, your best experience. So obviously, Ben, you've mentioned it multiple times where you've gone, you walk away from that and you think, oh my God, and it's a memory and you think, oh, you absolutely love that because this happened and whatever. And I'm just wondering if you'd be able to share an experience like that, a very memorable experience that you've taken away from a game of D&D. Yeah, I mean, like one one comes to mind um, playing uh, my uh, half-orc barbarian named Torg. Um, and so... Um, barbarians are very fun if you just want to like relax, roll dice, and just go go nuts. Um, and the um, the the party opened a, a door into a room where there were lots of bad guys, including uh, a Medusa. So like Medusa, like from the Greek myths, where snake-haired lady who turns people to stone. And one of the people she looked at turned to stone. Um, but the in order to, I think the way the rules work is you actually have to look at her in order for it to happen. So um, and you get like you get some like roll of the dice to see whether it affects you that round or you know, um, and so my uh, my barbarian decided to close his eyes uh, so he didn't get turned to stone and ran at the the Medusa, um, and um, he had something he had a magic item called a bag of holding and it's like like a little bit like the TARDIS where you've got like a 
it's bigger on the inside. So it's like a bag and it's it's got loads and loads of room on the inside, way bigger than what the bag actually is. Mm. Um, and so um, I uh, grappled the, the Medusa, which I was very good at because I was a barbarian uh, and I was in rage mode. Um, and I, I grappled the Medusa, um, wrestled it into the bag, um, and which obviously came with its own rolls and stuff. And the DM was, you know, making me roll strength checks and all that stuff, which I was a barbarian. So I was doing strength checks all day and uh, wrestled the producer into the bag, um, then carried it out to the hallway that we'd just been in, threw the bag into a trap uh, that we'd passed. Um, and the the bag has a spe- in the spell in the, the the stuff for the magic item. It has basically one of the risks of it is if you tear the bag, um, then it opens a rift to the. It basically opens like a wormhole to the astral plane, which is like another plane of existence, mm. and randomly deposits the the what's inside the bag into the astral plane. So upon going into the trap and getting broken, the uh, the Medusa and everything else I'd kept in the bag was uh, sent off into like into another plane of existence, um, and uh, and no one else was turned into stone. Um, and I, I, I was down a magic item, but very pleased with myself. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, just got nothing experience. on you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that would have been an absolutely amazing moment. There, you obviously uh, achieved something there. But to be like, because obviously, as as you as we said right at the beginning, the individual characters you affect the story, you progress the story forward. So for you to think on your feet like that as well. Uh, yeah. It's very commendable, actually, because you've got to have an imagination through through yeah, this game. Yeah, I, I could have just rolled an attack, or you know, looked at it, and mm-hmm. and you know, maybe I'd have passed my saves, and maybe I'd have been able to beat it. But like, one of the things I like about D anD D is like, yeah, there's the default thing: I roll an attack, I cast the spell. But then there's also, okay, what's in my surroundings? What's going on? You know, how can I change the conditions of the test? Um, like Kirk would have in in Star Trek, um, you know, if the, there's no unwinnable situation, you just need to change the conditions of the test. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's a fun little thing. I think that's one of the things I love being a player is I love coming up with a creative solution. Uh, and and uh, um, yeah, that's that's always fun. Mister Carver, same question to you. Have you got any a, a memorable moment that you'd like to share? I do. When I was uh, DMing the campaign for a group of friends, uh, it was sort of a comedy Terry Pratchett esque campaign. Um, set in the city of Waterdeep, but I sort of changed things up to be a little bit more com- comedic. And um, one of my characters was a, uh, was a, uh, a dwarf called Zoblob. And uh, Zoblob, uh, I, I sort of changed him from being this sort of mellow out, chilled person to someone who was very much into the color purple. Uh, because I, I saw sort of a throwaway line, oh, he sells purple oddities. And I was like, okay, let's just like take that as far as we can possibly go. <laughs> he's wearing a purple robe. He's got a purple beard. He's smoking something with purple smoke. And then the key to any good character is the voice. So I, I was trying to find the voice. And I ended up coming up with something like this. Hello, welcome to Zoblob's Oddity Shop. I love the color purple. <laughs> and I, I was just riffing and, and coming up with these one-liners to do with with, with the color purple um and i came up with an eye to a, a purple sword which instead of cutting people it, it, you'd hear a voice in your head screaming obscenities and insults at you and uh, <laughs> and, and it was called the sword of emotional damage and he only had it because it was purple and um i think one of my favorite lines i came up with was when uh, the characters ended up just going back to the shop to see what on earth was happening and i just came up with this throwaway like way line i just said you know thank you for shopping at sub of all the repeat customers i've had you're the first and 
it, you know, and those are the magical moments where you're creating these characters as a DM, but also where the players are just seeking out these characters because they, they just want to interact with the world that you've created. And I think that that's when you know you've done a good job. And they were talking about, you know, Zoblob and they were talking about um, everybody, basically, that I was voicing. They were really, really enjoying it. And I was just like, yes, this is this is what it's all about. So, yeah. With regards to final bits of advice for anybody that wants to kind of do this and get involved now what advice would you give to someone just do it that's um, it well, well, <laughs> I, I, um, I think, well, one piece of advice that i would say that we haven't mentioned and just quickly is uh, if you're dming a game or you're going to play in a game it's really useful to have something called a session zero you can search yeah. up what that is online basically just a as rather than just go straight to playing it's basically a time when you uh, you look and see what pe- what people expect of the game, what the DM maybe expects. You know, you don't want the DM do- doing a really serious thing and the players come in with, like, expecting, like, Monty Python uh, or, you know, vice versa. Um, you know, you all wouldn't be on the same page of what, what we're doing. Uh, and then also just where people can say if there's any like big no-nos for them in any kind of areas, you know, there might be certain things in their past that means that there's certain topics that they don't want to go over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's certain things people are comfortable with. Like for me personally, as a DM, I don't really like doing like lots of relationship stuff. Like as in obviously like normal relationships, but like romantic stuff, because I don't really want my friends like chatting me up at the table. I don't, I don't want to play like the the busty barmaid in the in the tavern because that's just not what I'm here for. It's just not like what I find fun. So I can, at a session zero, I can say, look, I'm not really about this. So you know, like bear that in mind when you're making your characters. Um, you know, um, you know, if you want some sort of romance simulator, like go go somewhere else. Like, um, so but then there's other things. You know, someone might have like arachnophobia or something or other. There might be something that actually. It really would you know be difficult for them uh and just sort of setting that expectation working out okay what are people's triggers um and also just kind of making people aware that like okay you know i'm not going to hold you to this in terms of you know if later down the line if there's something that you're like actually this is going a bit far for me i, I don't like the direction this is going in you know making sure people feel comfortable to come to you and say mm-hmm. actually can we not do that again or can we stop um and kind of setting those kind of things so it's really i think it's really healthy to take time at the beginning just to kind of make sure that that those things are covered brilliant thank you so much is there anything that you would like the opportunity to talk about that you may not have that we may not have covered uh right now um for me i would say a little piece of advice i just i just thought as well uh, if you want to get into it and you want to create a character it can be overwhelming i always say to people if it's your first character make it a cliche because then it just helps. You don't have to worry about, you know, what what classes you're going on to, etc. Just be a cliched character. No one's gonna, no one's gonna fault you for it. Honestly, my my first character was a knight in shining armor, um, and yeah, that that's pretty much my advice on on how you'd sort of get into it as a player and um, as a DM. I would just say, um, just go for it. Um, I did, and best decision I made so far ben is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about now uh no no i mean i agree with obviously with what what daniel said um yeah just just get started and get going with it and uh and you'll make mistakes and oh yeah yeah you'll learn from them and it's no big like i know obviously like you know there's life and death isn't literally on on the line you know (laughs) there's nothing that you can do that can't be undone um you know there's uh, the, the stakes are in a way very very low um, so so you know just just have a go and and uh and 
YouTube's just a great resource. There's so many good YouTubers on there with yeah. lots of resources on on being a good player, on you know player etiquette, and like you know if you're worried about oh am I going to make a fool of myself? How do I know what dice to roll? There's loads of videos on YouTube. You can just look it up, um, and so it's all there for the taking, really. Perfect. Where can people find you guys if they wanted to get in touch with you to find out more about D&D? Maybe they wanted to find out the groups that you do and get involved in that. Or where can people find some of the groups that you're part of? Um, I'd say uh, Preston Preston D&D Society is a, like a Facebook page. Uh, that's usually a good place for people to kind of like find out what's happening locally um obviously i said before like roll 20 is like a good way if you mm -hmm. if you want to just do something online um you know to find find a game um and yeah i mean unfortunately i don't have the time to dm for all of preston so um <laughs> so i'm actually going to say don't contact me asking to be your dm because... <laughs> <laughs> You know, they, I'm already, I'm already at capacity. I'm running like three games. Nice. I'm, I'm at capacity. And <laughs> um, what about you, Daniel? Uh, I, where there's disco music, laughter, and love, I'm there in spirit. But uh, for something physical, um, yeah, Preston role playing, um, D and D Preston role playing society is is where I am. Um, I am DMing one group at the moment, which is is full. Um, but I'm, I'm always happy to chat to people about Dungeons and Dragons any day of the week. Just drop us, um, just drop us a post, tag me in it, and I, I will be on my way. I don't have much of a social media presence, unfortunately. I'm not a big YouTuber or streamer, so yeah, it's Facebook or bust. I'm afraid. Brilliant. And can I have some final thoughts? Let's do a wrap up of today's episode, like kind of an inspirational Jerry Springer esque moment of your final thoughts. And this is for both of you. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's a, it's a great hobby to get involved with, and it's one that you'll definitely make friends. And it's it's one as well. If you if you do at any point have to move to another place and another part of the country or something, it's one of those hobbies that it's like actually it's really useful. Like it's useful in your you know, private life and just the fact that you can reconnect, with, you can connect with people in different places over a shared interest. Uh, and I always think it's useful having something like that um, to. Um, and it's kind of, you know, shared experiences. Like I can have a conversation with Daniel and, and, mm. and you know, we, we, we're speaking the same language when we're talking about D&D. &D, uh, and, you know, we'll agree on on, on most stuff probably. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a useful thing. And um, and I, I can't really see anyone having massive regrets. Although I will say that there is a saying in the D&D community that uh, no D&D &D is better than bad D&D. &D. So if you join a table and you're like, this is a bit like I'm not feeling it with just you know it just just leave and find another table you know it's uh it's or, or even if it's bad just 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 like even if you don't have another table to go to stop reevaluate and and just you know um I think if if they have a session zero as I was saying before that's a good sign that it's you know you've got a DM who actually cares about you know how they're affecting people and and you know what they're saying and um, and so yeah, that's a good sign that it's probably a decent group if they've got something like that. And what about you, Mr. Carver? Have you got some final thoughts for us? I do. Um, yeah. So what was once this thing that was mocked on TV that many people thought only basement dwelling virgins played has now become this um, socially acceptable, amazing hobby. And all I can say is it's about bloody time. Um, <laughs> and we will welcome you. It doesn't matter what experience you've got. You may be a seasoned veteran. You may never have seen a D20, a D20 in your entire life. It doesn't matter. All are welcome to the table. Um, 
all you really need is your imagination and some basic arithmetic skills that you would have learned in primary school. That's it. So please do not be afraid. Um, I know that's easy to be easier said than done, but we are, you know, the, the, the best D&D players are the ones that say, yeah, all are welcome at the table. Come on Brilliant. in. Thank you so much. Well, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the show and talking about all of this. It's been absolutely, it's been so insightful. I've learned so much as well. And I'm hoping that those who are listening to this have learned something as well too. Now, at the end of every episode, I give my guests the opportunity to give a quote and it can be something that they stand by, live by. It could be something that they've heard that they just really like, or it could be something that they've made up and they just think, you know what? That is the quote for me. And I'm just wondering if you guys have got a quote for me this evening. Sure. Um, I came up with one today um, on the spot, which is the dream's not dead unless you say it is, which is my sort of personal standby. Whatever you want to do in life, um, whatever your dreams may be, whatever your goals are, it's not dead until you say it is. Uh, It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. So go out and do it. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Ben, have you got a quote for us as well? Uh, yeah, uh, mine's a Terry Pratchett quote. I love Terry Pratchett and Discworld books. Um, kind of, uh, I get a lot of inspiration for D and D from that. And uh, the quote is: uh, "Fantasy is an exercise bicycle for the mind. Uh, it might not take you anywhere, uh, but it turns up the muscles that can." And uh, yeah, you learn lots of useful things uh, uh, in uh, you know playing D and D and also reading books. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it kind of gets. It's good to kind of get that creative thing go, going because it will actually help you in in lots of different ways. Um, and you know, it's always good to be creative and and sort of be able to think on your feet. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being so open and honest with us and uh, educating us on something that, to be fair, as as Mr. Carver quite rightly said, needed to be educated because we've gone through uh, many, many years of misrepresentation of mm. the D&D uh, community and you know quite rightly the the light has been put onto it and actually it's not as it's not as bad as what people think so you know get get involved um you are now free to say goodbyes thank you yeah thank you thank you so much for having me on on board marcus it's been absolutely amazing and um yeah goodbye to the insta google face tweet people (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you mr carver thanks for having us marcus been really good uh been good to chat about stuff and uh yeah um uh yeah if people do have questions then um you know i will answer them on facebook <laughs> good cool thank you uh and uh we'll see you soon all right see ya bye 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 wow 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 an amazing episode I'm, I'm sure that you'll agree as well deborah cade there as well yes i like that quote from mr carver and yes another great quote as well from mr campbell simon ball has commented as well saying nice one lads see ya it was an it was a great episode and I've learned so much. The the thing is, so I first saw something to do with D D when it was in one of my favorite TV shows, which is uh, the IT Crowd. And I saw an episode in the IT Crowd, and I was like, "Oh my god, this looks so cool!" Uh, and even then, like it was about it was kind of portrayed as you know a geeky kind of thing, but there was a comedy element to it where they got business people but involved in it, and all these business people were like, "Yeah, I want to get involved," and and they got really into the story and all that. And it was really really fun to watch. And then again, as I say. The second time that I saw it um, and, and thought, actually, this is something that I'm really interested in was when I started watching Stranger Things and it was on there. So I wanted to say a massive thank you once again to Mr. Carver and Mr. Campbell for both coming onto the show and for speaking their truths 
and telling us all a little bit about D and D. And also thank you guys in the comments for participating, for leaving your comments, for being so brilliant as always and also you guys listening at home via the podcast thank you so much for choosing spill it to listen to coming up that was it that was july guys july is over oh my god this year is flying by coming up in august i have got some guests lined up for you kicking off august we have got the fabulous Caitlin, who is going to be coming on for episode 57, Eat Well, Live Well, where she'll be talking about her past and how she changed her diet, not only just changed her diet, but changed her life to live better and to break away from the toxicity that was in her life as well. Then in week two, we will be opening up with the band Regional One as they talk about their brand new album that they've released, Smoke It Away, and also performing during lockdown and then trying to bag all of these gigs coming up as well. These guys are absolutely amazing. If you haven't checked them out, I mean, you can do, you can give them a, a listen to over on your favorite streaming service. I've been listening to some of their music over on Spotify. Make sure that you do. Guys, these are these are a really really cool band then we will be having mr eric coming on to the show to talk about uh, his episode episode 58 my son autism and me he'll be talking about his son who has autism and how he has been inspired by his son especially to write a book as well so we'll be talking about all of that it's going to be such a good episode and then last but not least to close off august we will be talking to lucas chapman who will be talking about care after care for our 59th episode lucas was brought up in care and then he's coming on to the show he will be coming on the show to talk about what life is like after care and what is the aftercare aftercare because in his experience there's not a lot or the you know to some people there will be a lot but in his experience there wasn't a lot of care and he had to go and find it himself and i can't wait to share that episode with you guys it's gonna be so so cool i cannot wait for august oh it's next week i cannot wait it's good it's good it's good it's good it's good my name is Marcus Wright. You can find me on all social medias, all the social medias that you want to on the website as well. If you head over to the www.spillit.uk, you'll be able to find all my social medias on there. There are Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. Yes, I do things on TikTok. I haven't done anything on TikTok for a while. I need to really do that, don't I? <laughs> I also have my Snapchat on there. Basically, any social media you can find me on uh, is over on my website. So make sure that you check that out at www.spillit.uk. When I don't do this, I run a radio show called A Little Bit of Markers, and you can find that by tuning in to Beat 103 across Central Lancashire and South Ribble. And if you're wanting to get involved in that, you want to have any shout-outs or request music or whatever, then you can do by following my Instagram handle at MarkersBeat103. If you're wanting to support me and the work that I do, then you can do. You can buy merchandise, you can join the official Patreon, you can invite people into the Spillet community, and you can also leave reviews. Some of the new merch that we've got available as well, look at this. We have a little bit of merch. A little bit of merch, hoodies, and T-shirts are now available because it's a little bit of Marcus with a little bit of merch. <laughs> I love it, but you can now get that available. And there's going to be a sale on with the rest of the Spill It Beanie First Edition ha uh, beanie hats as well. So make sure you keep an eye out for that because that sale will be starting 
from the 1st of August. Ooh, sale. I love a good sale. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching, for listening, for tuning in, for choosing this to listen to at home. It's an absolute pleasure as always. And until we spill it again, it's bye for now.